historic moment. Raptors win. Good afternoon and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 20 of the DNVR Raptors podcast. I'm Colton Strickler. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. We got Blake Rogers in, in the house. How are you doing, Blake? Doing pretty good. Good. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I need your help with some of these questions we're about to get into in a little bit. So, ready to bring you guys a great show. Uh, we'll start off by taking a look at the Raptors' win over the Toronto Arrows on Friday night, and then we'll dive into a few questions that you guys have sent in over the weekend. So with that, Blake, let's just jump right in. How big was that win for the team on Friday? Oh, I think it was huge. Uh, for me personally, I think it's one of the turning points in the season so far. Uh -huh. um, I think we really came together as a team. Um, the boys up front, I think, did a lot of work and put in a big shift. Uh, mm -hmm. We had a lot of defensive stands, I think, that – Yeah. Really helped us out in the end, and uh, we were able to hold on to the ball a few more phases, and yeah. I think just kind of wear out the arrows a, a bit more. For sure. I know you talked about those defensive stands, and I think really it could be argued that the game kind of boiled down to that because there was one right there at the end of the first half um, where they played a man down in the outside center. Renee Ranger went off with, uh, with a yellow card for kind of deliberately slowing play down. So they were playing a man down. I think they stuffed – I think it was like – six phases of an arrows attack right there at the end of the first half and then um sam slade with the the big pick and go out of the base of the ruck kind of flipped the field led to a yellow card of for the arrows i think it was andrew quatrin kind of tackled carlo by the head there um and then robbie petzer turned that into points and kind of gave the raptors a lead heading into the half so that was a big stand a big kind of flip of momentum and then i think the second big flip of momentum came right on the other side of the halftime break when uh, Mika scooped up that muff kickoff and took that in for a try. I thought those were a couple big plays, really shifted the momentum and, and put Toronto in a bit of a hole, um, which is which is what I think the Raptors have done well these last two weeks. They really haven't been chasing. They've been in, in control of the match. So those are a couple big things I thought. Um, what did you think about all that, Blake? Well, I think what you said has been pretty on the money there. Um, <clears throat> starting off strong is been in the past one of our not weakest points but something where we're used to coming from behind and so I think when we start strong just that confidence in the game and the momentum like you said just kind of stays with us and mm -hmm. especially helps when you score right before half you have the momentum coming into yeah. second half and then scoring again you know if you're on the other team it just kind of feels like yeah oh, like what can blink, we do you blink and you're down yeah what was it I think it was 19 to 14 at that point you go down by a point yeah. you blink and you're you're down by another a try again so I thought that was crazy. And then right there at the end, um, after Robbie hit a penalty goal, I think it was his fourth one on the day, you, you take a 22-19 lead right there at the end, a couple minutes to go. Um, Marco comes back on from his yellow. And then just to, to stuff them right down at the goal line, again, with like everything on the line, I thought that took a tremendous amount of guts. And it really shows just kind of how much I think the team's growing as the season progresses. That was a huge stand um, game on the line, and, and they stood up and, and shut them down. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're really <clears throat> coming together as a team and just seeing those stands there at the end. Like You just know that all the boys want to work for each other there and just come away right. with the victory. So, yeah, I think we're actually coming along very well, and I'm excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds. Yeah. I know I talked to Sam Slade, who earned man of the match honors for this one after the game. 
Um, I think he had eight carries for 101 meters and made nine tackles or something along those lines. He had a good game. Um, and he mentioned it was just like this was the biggest game of the season, and this was the season that the Raptors played their best rugby. So it's always a good sign when you can rise to the challenge there and, and knock off the, the leaders of the East. That was the first time the Arrows have lost this year. So it was a big win all around. Gets you that much closer to 500. You're not chasing uh, moving into the midpoint of the season's creep, creeping up on us here. So uh, to, to be in the mix is always a good thing, I feel like. I mean, you could tell me. Is, is it, I wonder if that kind of the attitude around the team, it, it's, it's got to feel a little better, right, when you're right there in the mix. Like there, you see yourself climbing up the table. Is that true? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, when you start off the season and you have a few losses in the beginning, you know, everybody's kind of down in the dumps. And then right. Toronto's coming to knock on the door a little bit. You know, they're undefeated at the time. And we're really trying to find our way as a team. And I think when they come here and we're able to put on a show like that, it's just the confidence booster for mm -hmm. us. And, like, the feeling around training now is everything's just on the up right now, which is right. good to see, and all the boys are pretty happy. So there's a lot of confidence going forward. Yeah, and I know it's going to be another tough one this weekend, um, especially on the road against Old Glory DC. They're in second in the East right now, third in the MLR, riding a four-game win streak. Um, so I guess Blake could just kind of – let's move into – getting to know you a little bit. So you've been in MLR since it began. How hard is it to win on the road in this league? You know, it's pretty tough. Um, I think a lot of it is just, I mean, just the, the toll on your body with travel, you know, mm -hmm. especially going to the East Coast. Yeah. You know, it's not a quick flight. And with travel and everything and playing just in an unknown place, like none of us have played there yet, you know, so right. we don't know what's really, what really to expect. So it's definitely – Home field advantage is a thing, for sure. Right. But I think that being said, I don't think that the boys them are feeling you know down at all or not ready for the challenge. I think there's a lot of opportunities we have, mm -hmm. and you know it's our game to win and ours to lose. You know, like mm -hmm. everybody in this league can be beaten. So as long as we yeah. show up and play like we did last weekend, I think we have a very good shot of having another win on the road. Yeah, I think this latest round really kind of the proof that MLR is a week to week league. I don't think. I think the largest margin of victory this week was like nine points or something like that. Like yeah. Everybody's playing everyone really tough, and anything can happen any given match. So I guess with that, that's like a very brief recap of the of the match. But um, I think by now people have, have seen it that are seeking it out. <laughs> they've, yeah. they've learned what they wanted to learn. So um, I guess with that, let's move into our conversation with Blake a little bit. So, Blake, wh where are you from? Can you tell the people where, where you grew up and – um, I'm from Northern California, about an hour and a half uh, north of Sacramento. Um, come from a little, little small farming town. Um, yeah, so I think the town has like about six, 7,000 people in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so when did you start playing rugby? How did you get into it? Uh, well, quick funny story, I guess. The first time I ever played rugby was I was 13, and my brother was playing for UNR at the time, University of Nevada, Reno. Uh -huh. And uh, I went to go watch one of his games in college, and I was only in eighth grade at the time, and you know, college teams, they have their A side and their B side, and he decided to throw me in on the B side game. So, yeah, that's how I've been trying to explain to people like, if they want to <laughs> play, you just show up somewhere where rugby's being played with like some cleats and you'll get a run. Yeah. So, like, my brother just <laughs> threw me a pair of shorts and some cleats and said, Hey, these will fit you. Yeah. Just go get out there and see what happens. So, it was definitely a scary experience. And yeah, I didn't really think about playing rugby again until high school. I was predominantly a baseball and football player. And then, yeah. Uh, somebody was like, hey, springtime, you know, like, why don't you try this out again? I was like, okay, I've heard a bit about it. So I fell in love with it again. Yeah. So. What position are you playing football? Uh, I was a lineman. Yeah. yeah. What about baseball? Uh, third base and pitcher and first base. Oh, yeah. yeah. Utility man. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So do you do you have like a favorite rugby memory? I try to ask everybody this. They're always a little bit different. Favorite rugby memory. I know Luke talked about playing like a high school match in front of like twelve thousand people. Connor Cook just last week talked about I think winning the national championship in sevens with Arkansas yeah. State. Like, um I mean I went to a high school I went to Jesuit High School in Sacramento and uh my first year playing I was a junior, we won the national championship. Uh-huh. So that was obviously a pretty awesome moment. And then my senior year, uh, we won the state championship and that was great again. Um but looking back, there's not like an exact moment. It's mm-hmm. just the love I have for the game and being around the team. Like, yeah, there's something being said about trainings and getting together and going to the gym together and hanging out outside of it, whether it be for a coffee, just the camaraderie around it, I think is my favorite part. And the reason why I love the sport in general. So I wouldn't say there's a, an exact moment of, wow, I want to remember this forever. I'm sure I might have one (laughs) later on. Yeah. So it's a little too early to ask. Yeah. Just the feeling of playing. I mean, I've played for sure long enough and done a lot, but yeah. Um, well not long, a long time, but, I don't know. I yeah. think it just for right now it's just it's just being a part of a, a team like it's yeah. it's awesome. There's just something being there's a there's a brotherhood and a bond that yeah. is made that you can't really touch anywhere else. For sure. So can you kind of explain your path to the Raptors a little bit? I know I mentioned a little earlier you've been um with the Raptors since MLR began. This is the third season. So how how did you find your way to the team? Um so that was kind of just not by happenstance as well, but I was playing uh, college rugby up at uh, CU right up the road up here. And There's a lot, of, a lot of CU fans that listen to DNVR as a whole, so I'm sure that <laughs> All right, well, yeah. hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> um, no, so I was playing for CU, and uh, I graduated, and I was back home, you know, hanging out with friends and had a grad party and everything. And then the coach for the Raptors at the time called me and said, hey, I just heard you graduated. Heard was you were... that uh, Andre? No, Davey. It? That was Davey? Yeah, Davey Williams. And then... Uh, he called and said, hey, I heard you just graduated. I heard you're kind of good. Do you want to come try out? You know, or like train for a bit and see how it goes. And I was like, oh, 100%. Like I already yeah. kind of had my eyes set on Glendale in general, but I just hadn't uh-huh. reached out yet. I right. kind of know the avenue how to do that. So I got the phone call from him. And then uh, <laughs> he said, when can you be out here? And I told him I could be out there like next Thursday. I trained that week and then the next week and he was like hey you're traveling to nola with us and playing Mm -hmm. and i was a little surprised and then from there it's kind of just i just kept playing and here i am now mlr started (laughs) and i got a contract and now we're in the third year i'm still here so i'm enjoying every bit of it yeah so for people that don't know blake you you had a little bit of a a nick on the on the shoulder (laughs) this or on the peck i guess so how, how like how because you, have you ever, like, dealt with an injury like this before? Or is this, like, your first time? Oh, I mean, I've had my fair share of injuries. Um, yeah. This one being the most recent, uh, I mean, it sucks. It happened in a preseason game, right. but I ended up tearing my pec uh, completely off the bone, had to get it reattached. Um, but, you know, I'm on the mend. I'm feeling good. My rehab's going great. I'm really hoping to come back and play the, the end of the season. So, uh-huh. I mean, when you, when you play any sport, right, there's always the risk of injury. And when it happens to a teammate and a friend and – you're always like, oh, man, that's unfortunate. You know, it sucks, you know. But right. you kind of always have to have that sobering moment of it's at some point it's going to happen to you just yeah. competing and, you know, using your body so much. So yeah, I guess it was just my time. So yeah. a little freak accident, but yeah, I'll bounce back. Happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, so cool. I know since you've been in MLR, this entering the third season, like, can you kind of talk a little bit about just how the competition's changed, like how it's evolved? Do you, do you see it getting better or just what, oh, yeah. what are your thoughts on the competition as a oh, whole? Oh yeah, I, guess? I mean, 
compared to first year to now, it's a completely different league. Uh-huh. You know, still has the same name, but the and the talent is still there, but it's grown so much, and like the speed of the game is so much faster. Right. The margin of error is so much lower. It, it's becoming just a higher level uh, league here, and it's right. you know hopefully one day you know it compares to others overseas. And I mean we're getting a lot of overseas talent, which just yeah. speaks there. Like you know if you bring that talent in, it's not like they're just you know messing around playing touch when they come here. <laughs> you know we're still playing and right. striving to be the best. So the league's grown, and it's I mean we keep expanding. So it only I. I only I feel that uh, it's going up for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Just I mean, just even from an outsider's perspective, like I've been around it enough a little bit, you know, a little bit. But just like I feel like even every every time I watch every year I've watched, it's it's just you can tell it's getting faster. You can tell the hits are hard. And <laughs> yeah, on the field you can you can tell it's getting faster. <laughs> yeah, you know it takes a lot more now, and you know every little mistake counts for a lot more. You know, so you right. have to be a smarter smarter player and everything around it. So oh, definitely, it, yeah. the, the league's getting a lot better. Cool. Yeah. So one of the things I, I've liked um, asking people is just kind of Pete in his first year as a head coach of the program. Like, what's it been like playing for him? What's kind of like from what I've seen from afar is what I've talked about a little bit on the show is like it seems like well, the trainings I've watched, like the work is still this work's being done. But it seems like that he doesn't sacrifice hard work for fun. Like it seems like trainings are fun. But you guys are still getting after it. Is that oh, like yeah. Something? I mean, he's a great coach. Um, uh-huh. He was the Ford's coach last year, so I already knew him kind of coming in. Yeah. But, I mean, he comes from a great rugby program overseas in New Zealand. So he's been around a while and knows how to handle a professional uh, system. So I think he's a great fit. Um, all the boys love him. I haven't heard anything bad against him yet. So, uh-huh. I mean, I think he's a great guy. And, like, he'll pat you on the back and do something good, but he's not afraid to tell you you're doing something wrong. And right. he expects a lot out of us, which I think is great out of a coach. Um where, I mean, everybody, right? You strive for excellence. Right. So I think he's he's doing really well at helping us get there. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, let's see what else we got here. Cool. I guess I can ask this one. Is there – so, Blake, is there one thing that you've, I guess, kind of like – because you're still involved in the day-to-day, but is there one thing that you've seen out of the team as the season's gone on that you're, like, particularly proud of? Like, whether that be – like some of the like, just even you can it can be as as small I guess as like these defensive stands or as big as just kind of the progress that they've made through like the first six weeks. But is there one thing that you could kind of put your thumb on, comes off the top of your head? It's not one thing. I think it's just a culmination of a lot of things where, you know, you bring in a lot of new guys and it's all about trust, right? That's the yeah. foundation of everything. So like, if you're on the field and you're you know sweating, bleeding together, like you really have to trust the the guy next to you. So. I think it's just the process of how it's developing. And I think mm-hmm. you look back at the Toronto game and you see like, oh, wow, like we're actually here all to work together. And, yeah. you know, if, if you're slacking off, I'm going to tell you. But if you're busting your butt, I'm going to come up next to you and I'm going to do it too. Right. So I think it's just us coming together as a team. It's finally happening. And I think it's yeah. awesome to see. Do you think that can kind of be attributed to just the fact that some people just got here so late, like so close to the beginning of the season that it's – I know when I was talking to Derek Brissett of Layman Sports about the arrows, people have said that he mentioned that people have said that it looks like the arrows have just been playing together for months, and it's kind of because they have, right? Like, oh yeah, that just takes time. I know, especially in the forward pack, like it, it, you really do truly have to work as a unit. And is that just kind of the progress we've seen as the byproduct of just time spent together? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like if you look at our preseason, we went up to the mountains as a team. Yeah. And uh, that was a great experience. You know, we're all together learning about each other and really growing as a team. And then you start bringing new people in, and they're great people to have around, but it's hard to build that fast, right, especially with the season yeah. starting. So I think for us the challenge has been that it's kind of you can't rush it, uh-huh. but let's try to pick it up as fast as we can. So we, we do a lot of things together outside of, you know, trainings and stuff. So I think things like that help it out, and uh-huh. I think it's coming together. Yeah. All right, Blake, the last one I had for you before we get into these ones from the fan, am I allowed to ask about your mullet? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hear about how the mullet started. <laughs> so there's a funny story about that too. So uh, when I was a senior back in high school, uh, somebody suggested I should uh, grow a mullet out or get it cut into one, and I said, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll go for it. So I went to a salon, and I was like, hey, uh, can you give me a mullet? And they gave me one, and I went to an all-boys high school, Catholic yeah. high school. So, you know, dress code and you got to be kind of proper. So (laughs) I show up to school and the dean comes up to me and says, you need to get that haircut Uh by tomorrow. Like, you can't have that. So I was like, okay. So (laughs) I said, I said I'd get it done. And then the next day I show up and I'm wearing a a baseball hat, you know, trying to hide it. So I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get it cut. You know, I'm going to let, I'm going to let this thing rock. Yeah. Comes up to me. I try to hide from him in the crowd, and uh, he, he comes up, takes my hat off, and says, you need to leave right now, and for every class you miss, you're going to get three days of detention. Oh, my god! So he made me leave campus. I had to go get it cut, and then uh, it was kind of a bummer. And we have a closed campus. Like, you're not allowed to leave right. for lunch, nothing. So like it was kind of like, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> kind of, he's pretty pissed. Yeah. So I had to go get it cut, came back, and, you know, no hard feelings or anything. But then when I got to college, I was, like, thinking, like, you know, maybe I should grow it out again. Like, yeah. why not, you know? Like rugby's a spring sport, like you know yeah. that's easy. But then, so I used to get it cut for every season, and then in the summertime I'd cut it off to normal haircut and then yeah. grow it back out over winter. But then we started doing split seasons, and I was like, well, I can't just, cut, know, I can't yeah, cut it right. off anymore, right? So I have to keep <laughs> it. So now I've had it for, oh god, I don't know, I don't think I've had it cut since uh, so for six the years. The whole time maybe? I've been around, I've never seen you with. Yeah, it just, just looked normal. To I think me. after like, my sophomore year of college, I just kept it. Yeah. So you know, it's been I like it's it. been six, seven years. Conversation starter, isn't it? I'm sure you get a lot of people being like, Yeah, hey, I like your hair. Yeah, I, I, it's making a comeback, I think. So, yeah, I think people are used to seeing it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, I think you're up there in the running for the best hair on the team, though, for sure. <laughs> Didn't they vote on that last year? On like uh, a teammates video I think or something? They did. I think yeah. We, yeah, we did a teammates video, and we definitely they were making had, shirts uh, for you, weren't they? And they make yeah, there, were, there was a family who made a yeah. shirt for me, which was awesome to see. That's good. I really did you appreciate that. And, oh, yeah, they yeah. gave me one. I took a photo with them, and yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's that's the look, then, I'd say, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, now I can't cut it. Now i got to <laughs> no, keep you it. Can't. Yeah, I got to keep it for my whole professional yeah, career. For sure. Yeah. That's a good thing, though. All right, so let's jump into some of these questions that we've been getting. Um, I want to get you on. I know we kind of went over these a little before, but you have a unique perspective that I don't have. So let's go. The first one comes from Chris Evans on Twitter. Hey, Chris. He asks, can you ever see a scope for an MLR combine slash draft from college rugby? And so I guess like before we kind of jump into to the weeds of this one, um, if you pay attention to MLR, I think you you've seen that t- teams put on combines, right? Like I know you mentioned yeah. that that the Raptors put on a combine in the past. So teams do like little individual combines, but I'll, I'll kind of let you take it from here. So yeah, we've had we had a combine last year. Um, I think it's good. It's just trying to find ways to find talent, right? So mm-hmm. you know we're always looking for ways like to finding people to come in, you know, we have an academy program, you know, we'll bring players in who, who we've been told about or like have a a hopeful future in this sport. And yeah, so I I just don't know. 
about the draft part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of teams overseas, you know, they have academy programs and systems, right? So, like, you have your top-tier team, and then you have other teams below it that still pl- fly under the same banner, you know, right. it's in the same yeah. system. So, so I yeah, think no, – We were kind of talking, it's kind of like baseball, right? Like, yeah. So, like, you have the Rockies, and then you have uh, – I don't even know who the Rockies farm yeah, team is so, anymore. So Albuquerque like, Isotopes, the whatever. <laughs> Casper Ghosts. Yeah, so uh, I don't necessarily ever see there being, like, a full-on draft, but definitely if there was a player, you know, who – you know, USA Rugby in general, you know, they have, you know, their under-20 program. You yeah. Know, they, they, you know, if you're a good player, you're going to be seen by somebody. Right. And then from there, you're going to get put, you know, onto a team training. And so it's not necessarily a draft, you know. I think if MLR, grow, when when it grows, it's going to model itself after what other clubs are doing overseas. So I right. think it'd be just a more development of that academy and other levels uh-huh. of rugby underneath it. So, yeah, like if I mean, if you're a good player, you're still going to be seen, you know, like right. especially in the college scene. For sure, you're going to know people are going to know your name, and you're mm. going to have an opportunity somewhere. So it's just yeah. a matter of bringing that talent here. Yeah, it just kind of sounds like, like I know, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this too. So like, even just the split into conferences this year, like I think rugby to an extent has to become somewhat Americanized, but not all the way. And I think kind of the split into conferences is kind of like the line, and this is this just sounds like more of that, right? Yeah, like, I don't think it'll get to a point just because rugby around the world, like you were explaining a little earlier, doesn't run that way, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at other leagues, you know, around the world, you know, they have a very long season. Yeah. You know, we have an 18 week regular season, you know, which I means some teams are putting, you know, closer to 30. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like definitely it's a little more Americanized and right. A little more east and west, which is not necessarily a bad thing because you're still no. playing everybody. Yeah. You know, it just it makes it the same amount of time, but you're still getting the same amount of quality in through right. the whole league. So, and it's not like we're not playing anybody over there, you know, it's just yeah. one time, you know, so yeah. everybody in your conference, you're playing twice and everybody on the other conference, you're playing, playing once, once, which is, it's good. Cause you still get tested by everybody. Right. You know, I think it was just their way of saying like, you know, like These we're just going to keep the yeah. league the same amount of time, but we want to just want to weight things like a little different, yeah. like the, the conference matches matter just a little bit more. Yeah. So the round Robin worked, you know, when we started with six teams, you know, right. like you're able to play everybody and then yeah. when it grew again, you know, it was able to do the same thing. But I think now just as it grows, they're trying to, they're trying to keep it growing. So I think yeah. for them to keep it the same length, that's just what they have to do. I mean, right. I, Hey, I'm all for playing, you know, a 25 week season, you know, let's, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> let's get into it. Better, you know, yeah. the more rugby, the better, you know, like I'd, I'll play rugby for all year round if I can. Right. You know? So, yeah, no, I'd be interested. So I think that's just like, another example of of rugby has to carve out like its own identity i feel like and that's they're gonna go by what works right like this oh, proof yeah. that this system oh, works yeah, definitely so i think that's one of the things that as, as rugby becomes americanized like i think it's gonna it's gonna go the way it goes but I, I don't know about like you said like a draft or anything like that i mean especially it's hard too because rugby's not an NCAA sport really is it right? Like it's no, club based and not, yeah, not and mo- there's yeah, not that's most. like I feel like a whole other can of worms yeah, that like, there's like things that if they were to become like an NCAA sport, there's so many things that you like can and couldn't do. Yeah, but it's almost like the way that it works now is is working for the most. Oh part, yeah, I well I mean, say, so. and just like you also have to look at the level, like yeah, the jump and how just different it is and faster and stronger and right, you know, like. I think for now, the way it's set up, a draft will not work. Yeah. Like, who knows how it might work in the future and how, you know, rugby in America develops. But for now, club level, club level rugby and just the 
it just it's it's a huge jump. Like if even if you're the best, that's great. You know, let's have you come yeah. out here. But will you start that week? Probably not. You know, like you'll definitely be <laughs> yeah. training with you know training and yeah, well, then getting then better. Like and you said the academy side, yeah, like exactly. Build the skills, learn yeah. the system, learn how it works here, and then make yeah. the jump to to the big time. So, oh yeah, I feel like that's a lot deeper. Now that we've talked to him about it, it's a little deeper than <laughs> we originally planned. Yeah, so that's all right. That, that might be a question for a, a different show. So thank you, Chris, for the question. We appreciate it. Keep sending them in. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. So the next one comes from Nicholas K. Geyer, I think his name is. That's also on Twitter. And so he said, what's the biggest misconception about a professional rugby team? So when he, this one came in yesterday. We're recording this one on, on a Tuesday. I've been thinking about it for like two full days, and I, I really don't know the answer to this because like, I don't know what the conception is, I suppose. Like, and I know we were talking about a little bit. So like, I really haven't heard like any, any conversation I've had with anyone about the league itself or the teams. Like nobody's said anything where I've gone back and thought like, well, that's just plain wrong. Yeah. So, so we talked about this for a little bit and I think it's kind of hard to answer just from the way of like, I don't know the context of you're asking, like from what perspective. (laughs) That's that's kind of how I, I'd say from like, maybe the biggest misconception about us is that we exist. Yeah. You know, okay. like some people just don't even know about MLR yet. Right. You know, so we're trying to grow, we're trying to get better, we're trying to get more just uh-huh. aware from every, you know, for everybody. So maybe that could be the biggest or just the fact that we are a professional team, you know, uh-huh. like we are getting paid to do this. So, you know, this right. is our profession. I am only doing this right now. Right. Um, so maybe that, or, the fact of like a misconce- misconception about just rugby players in general, how right. everybody probably thinks of us as like, you know, just these huge, like just angry guys, you know, we're going to be mean to you or going to beat you up in the alley. But I mean, that's not true. I have some of my best friends and some the best people I know are through rugby. Yeah. And that's only one that I could even like potentially think of as like, maybe people think that like rugby guys are just like big time jerks or whatever. I <laughs> honestly have never had like a bad experience, whether like playing or like now that like in media, since I've been doing this since 2015, like I've oh, never yeah. bumped into somebody where I've been like, that dude sucked. Like, yeah, I, I think it's all away. love. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's I think like we just some look of the at things the game. I can think of too. And like, I think one thing we were talking about, um, I was talking about with somebody else upstairs is like, maybe that there's like way more thought and strategy and like, I don't know, just like mental stuff that goes into Oh, like rugby in general, yeah. like because that's good. That could definitely be one. Yeah, yeah like, like it's it's more than just like big guy picking up a ball, like smashing into yeah. other big guy. Like there's there's strategies as far as like the kicking game and like oh, yeah. everything. There's so much that goes like thinking that goes into it. Like maybe that maybe that's something that this. Oh guy yeah, needs, like so. I mean, yeah, you definitely have your strategies for the week and just as a team as a whole and your system, right? Like how yeah. you do things, how you execute things. You know, like pattern of play, uh-huh. positions on the field. You know, even, you know, the kicking game, like you said, like the territory part of the game is huge. Exploiting like space and all that stuff. Like I think maybe that maybe that's like something that that he's talking about. But um, like as far as anything, like a big misconception, I really can't put my finger on one. But those are like a couple of little things that. Yeah. So out of all those, let us know if we answered your question. And if not, not, send in in another one. So we always need questions. So um, thank you, Nick, for that question. We appreciate it. Next one comes from McKenna. She asks. Hi, McKenna. A question I would have is how injuries compared to football and soccer. I would think there would be way more. Um, so obviously, like, I haven't played the high-level rugby that you have, but the, the the rugby that I did play, I was a football convert, like, played football my whole life, came over, like, in my junior year of high school. And the, the, the answer I always had to that, it was like, 
I feel like with football, there's like a false sense of security. You're all padded up. Um, I mean, all that hard plastic, like crashing into you is not good. People will hit way harder. Like I always thought when playing rugby, like I was never trying to like kill a guy. Like I was trying to put him down and I was trying to put him down hard, but not like I know that if I hit him too hard, I'm going to hurt myself. I was just mainly trying to get him down so that we could, you know, set up a, we could poach the ball. We could jack, you know, that that's kind of how I would describe it. Um, but I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this, Blake. Yeah, so I would agree. So definitely when I played football, it's it's just completely different. Yeah. To be honest, like you could just fly into something, you know, yeah, and like you, not really care. I got my pads on. Like, yeah. Who cares? No, I'm not trying to wrap this guy up. I'm yeah. Just, but I'm trying to hit him. I'm yeah, trying to hurt him. Exactly. But with rugby, you know, there's there are laws and there is safety concern in the game itself. So like you're taught from you know a young age of how to tackle properly right. and where to place your head because you're not wearing a helmet, you know. So which, like yeah, your which, head's very important to you as a person. Which is you a know? big reason I stopped playing rugby is because I've learned like <laughs> my whole life playing football is like you you're throw just, your head in front, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> you throw your head in front of the of the players because that's your cutting that's off you his angle, him. right? Yeah, exactly. But in rugby, it's it's cheek to cheek, right? It's yeah. your it's your cheek on your face to their butt, butt cheek. cheek so yeah. you're putting your head behind them. Not all their momentum yeah. and weight is not smashing into your. So brain. yeah, you're taught you're taught from you know when you first start playing how to safely do things. Yeah, and I mean you still get to use that aggression and you still get to try to you know tackle hard, but. It's like if you were to punch somebody with a boxing glove on versus a bare knuckle. You know, if you were bare knuckle, you can't just swing as hard as you can because you're going to break your hand too, right? Mm-hmm. Or in football, you're wearing, you're wearing pads, you're wearing that glove. You can just run into them as hard as you can. You yeah. Know? And who cares? <laughs> so, I don't know. I'd be like, I know we were talking like, I'd be interested to see. I don't know if there's been like a recent study about all this, but I'd be interested to see how it compares. I'm sure the injuries are, like injuries are always going to be there. That's just a part of sport in general, especially yeah. like yeah. a rough sport like this. But like you said, like there is laws, like you learn different techniques and stuff. So I don't know. I think the injuries, like they'll differ, but that's just yeah. part of sports. They're going to happen. Yeah, they're going to happen. But I think the injury rate, um, now what you're right, it would be interesting to see a study on this because I was always told, you know, the selling point of rugby is that right. it has a smaller injury rate, Yeah, which I mean, Looking back now, I mean, you look at our team in the MLR, like, we have not had any big injuries Yeah. since MLR. Like, I'd be the first one, Yeah. You know, like, tearing my pec, you know? Like, yeah, you get your sprained ankles, you I know, think... you get your sprained wrist or, like, a broken finger and, mm-hmm. you know, like, some turf toe. But, you know, like, yeah, I just think – I think it's lower. I think, like, you're right. I'm trying to think of, like, injuries I've seen. Like, when I worked for MLR, I know I had to go to Utah to cover the Utah, like, Austin match. Yeah. And I think – one of the whippies like broke his leg. Yeah, but he that's broke his like, leg. Yeah, but that's like a broken leg. Like that happened in that happens in soccer. That happens in yeah. anything. And then I feel like some of the like injuries and other injuries and stuff I've seen as far as like knees and stuff have been mainly like non-contact, like somebody cutting and Sprains, then just going, yeah, yeah think, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we've been fortunate. You know, I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think that you you definitely carry a lot more niggles. We call them, you know, like yeah, you know, little bumps and bruises or you know, little minor sprains that you can just kind of tough it out through. Or like you split your eyebrow open, you know, you sew it up and you just keep going. Right. So you definitely have those you got to fight through. But I think like injuries as like not just hurt but uh-huh. being injured, I think they happen a lot less. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Just from again from an outsider's perspective, but even just going back to the little bit of rugby I played, like. It was like head knocks and stuff, but I wasn't yeah. like, you yeah, know, yeah. I wasn't, yeah. So thank you for the question, McKenna. Um, the last one comes from Nick. He said, when will there be Raptors merch? So I assume he means DNVR Raptors merch. I don't know. That's like a little above my pay grade. I don't know when all that's coming out. If it is, 
Um, but I can't say if you want to if you want to get some Raptors merch, go yeah, check out our friends at O'Brien Rugby. Um, I think their website is O'BrienRugby.com, something like that. Yeah, but I believe they, so. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they put out all the Raptor gear. stuff. Yeah. They got throwback collector's items, Glendale Raptor stuff now. You can get, yeah, all that stuff. So I'd recommend checking them out if you want to catch some Raptors gear. So Yeah, they have a big sale going on too. If you, yeah. I'll throw them out there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all right, Blake, that's, that's all the questions we have. That's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks, everybody who's listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are one of the reasons why we're growing. So thanks for being interested and listening. Yeah.